because of my faithfulness, I've stood close to you. Because of my faithfulness, I have not left you. But I require of you faithfulness in return. I require of you to stand in that place where you're unsettled. Stand in that place where you seem to be vacillating and wavering. Stand in that place and trust the Lord your God. And you will watch me defend you. You will watch me work in you. And you will watch me teach you new and fresh things about walking with me. I am faithful and I will not leave you nor forsake you. But I'm calling you today to be faithful and trusting. To learn to stand and flee not. To learn to be firm in your faith. And watch the hand of your God work wonders in your life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Help us to trust you, Lord. Help us to trust you. We thank you, Lord, that you have always been faithful. Lord, we pray, help us to respond with faithfulness of our own. Help us to stand firm in the place of decision. Help us to stand firm in the place of battle. Help us to stand firm and not waver, not give up, not turn back, but trust you. And watch your hand work your wonders in our life. And watch your spirit teach us new and exciting things about walking with you. Father, God, help each one of us that are fighting that good fight. Help us to be those that can stand firm in your strength. And believe you for great and mighty things. In Jesus' name, when we all said, God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Well, good morning. Amen. It's kind of funny that sometimes we, we get on God about things, but then God says, yeah, I require that of you too. Amen. We always want God to forgive us, but then it comes time for us to forgive someone else with a different story. We expect God to be there, and then when, you know, we want to be unfaithful about something, it's a different story. But God reminds us. I require faithfulness of my people. I look for faithfulness, amen? And you'll find more often than not, as you stand firm trusting the Lord, that's the time you'll see the hand of God do things that'll blow your mind. That's when you'll just see God come through in that last minute and show you things about walking in faith that you never knew before. It's a great thing to walk with God. It's a great thing to prove your faith. Can you say amen? Amen. Well, good morning, children. You are dismissed to Children's Church with Sister Amy. She's ready to roll. And hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. If you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me, we're going to start with our background verse, Joshua 6, Joshua 6. And then we'll go to our main verse. We're still in our series from Hebrews 11. We're on our way down. We've got about three or four more messages from this exciting chapter. Well, this morning we want to talk by faith the walls of Jericho fell. Or let the walls fall. Amen. Let the walls fall. But here's our background scripture, Joshua 6, verses 1 through 5. Now Jericho was tightly shut up. It was secured. Because of the Israelites, and no one went out, no one came in. And then the Lord said to Joshua, see... I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and his fighting men. Now march around the city once with all your armed men. Do this for six days. 
have seven priests carrying trumpets of ram horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear the sound, a long blast from the trumpets. Have all the people give a loud shout. And then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up, every man straight in. A little later, Joshua adds to this in verse 10. He says, and as you walk, don't say a word. Not a war cry, not a whoopee, not a, not a nothing until God says it's time to shout. Amen? Let's go to Hebrews. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. And we're going to read three quick verses. Starting with verse 29. Hebrews 11. As we continue this series. By faith the people passed through the Red Sea. as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. Verse 30. By faith the walls of Jericho fell. After the people, after the people had marched around them for seven days, by faith the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Again, by faith the walls of Jericho fell or let the walls fall. Father, speak to us today. So many insights of how to apply our faith and how to walk in the victory and how to overcome our obstacles. So give us ears to hear and hearts to receive and a mind to understand. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, we continue this series from Hebrews 11, this chapter of these heroes of faith, and we're learning from their lives, and we're receiving instruction and inspiration for our faith. Now this morning, it's Joshua and Rahab. Joshua and Rahab. In Joshua, we see how faith enables us to topple the walls of opposition. You might have a Jericho. You might have something you need to overcome. We're going to see in this story some principles that we can apply to our life to overcome our Jerichos, but also how to possess our inheritance in Christ, how to advance and how to achieve. Because if Jericho doesn't go down, we're hindered from really advancing farther in the things of God. Joshua and then Rahab. Rahab. Wow. This shows us that faith enables. Faith in Jesus Christ can change any life. Faith in Jesus Christ can redirect any destiny. Friend, you can turn it around. If you come to Christ, things don't have to stay like they are. You can be changed. Life can be changed as you come to Christ. Now, we talk about two opposites. you got Joshua and Rahab. Talk about two opposites. A Jewish general and a Gentile prostitute. Joshua's a member of the covenant nation. Rahab's a member of a condemned nation. What brings them together? What is it that they have in common? Faith. Faith in the living God. Faith in the true and living God. And both Joshua and Rahab received the victory over Jericho because they believed God and responded to the word of God. Believing and obeying, there's your key. A great military victory came to Joshua. A great spiritual victory came to Rahab. And the secret, again, faith in the living God. That's our secret, to walk in victory in the present hour. Faith in the living God. We walk by faith and not by sight. And we fight the good fight of faith. Yes, we do. And in fact, First John tells us we get victory in the world, in this present world, by our faith. Let's look at that together. First John 5 and 4. And the Bible says this is the victory that overcomes the world. This present world is by our faith. It's by trusting God and believing the word of God and walking according to the commandments of God. Here we go. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Friend, it's our faith in Jesus Christ, our faith in his word. 
It's walking it out that gives us the victory in this present world, in a world that has fallen, in a world that will try to discourage us and defile us and deceive us, in a world that will try to devour our blessing. But as we trust God, as we believe the promises of God, as we walk by faith in the commands of God, it gives us the grace to overcome. Even in a world that is fallen, even in a culture that has forgotten God, days without number, you that love the Lord, you can walk Walk in the victory. You can be more than a conqueror. How? By faith, by believing, by trusting, and by living according to the book. Can you say amen? amen. Again, not, not faith in faith. Not faith in ourselves, but faith in God. And the living God and what he has said. What he has done. What he has promised. Hebrews eleven twenty nine. We see the people of God had by faith come out of Egypt. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea on dry land. Mm. Just like us. They came out of Egypt. You know, the Bible teaches that we were in bondage to sin and slavery. That we were unable to save ourselves. But then God sent a deliverer. The Lamb of God redeemed us. Jesus came and died for us. He saved us and he ransomed us and he rescued us. He brought us out of that old world and that old life and that old Egypt. And now he desires to bring us into the inheritance, into fullness, into spiritual maturity and spiritual victory and spiritual growth in him. Then go to Hebrews 11 and 30. Now the promised land. You see, he brings us out that he might bring us in. Some people have come out, but they haven't really pressed in to enjoy the fullness and to enjoy the victory. But here we go, by the walls, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell. You see, the promised land is before us. And the promised land is a picture of the believer's inheritance in the Lord. This speaks of you and I advancing in our walk with God, maturing in the things of God growing and enjoying the many, many blessings of the kingdom of God, enjoying our great salvation and fulfilling our high and holy calling as sons and daughters of God. And the enemy would try to keep us from this, but God's calling each one of us this morning onward in Christ. Onward in Christ, God has more for you to enjoy. He's got more for you to do, and he's got greater depths for you to experience. The blessings and the benefits that Jesus purchased for us on Calvary we receive that by faith, believing and obeying, believing and applying. That's why it's so important to know what Bible faith is. And that's why we spent, especially in the early part of this series, we spent weeks really highlighting what Bible faith is and what it isn't. But it's also important to know how to use or put your faith to work. How to use your faith in your present battle and situation. Now, naturally speaking, Jericho was a key and crucial city. It had a strategic importance. Its location, its size, its um, defenses meant that it really had to be conquered if the rest of the land was to be taken and kept. For you and I this morning, Jericho, Jericho is that thing that tries to keep you and I from advancing in the Lord. It's that thing that tries to hinder our spiritual growth. It's that thing that wants to frustrate our victory and our efforts. Now, the Bible tells us that Joshua was tightly secured. He was tightly shut up. And humanly speaking, 
it, it was impregnable, it was immovable, but God, here's the key, but God had a plan. You might be looking at something that seems overwhelming, but know this day, God has a plan. You might be looking at something and others just shake their head and throw their arms, but friend, God has a plan. He's got a promise for your Jericho. He's got a plan for your Jericho, and he's got the power to see you overcome your Jericho. Can you say amen? The victory of Jericho should give us this morning both a spiritual encouragement, but also a spiritual enlightenment as we glean and we look at certain things as aspects of faith. But there's, our very diff- there's different aspects of faith. And it's good to know, you know, some people can, can only use a hammer. Amen? And some people, they got tools. I don't even know how to pronounce the name. Amen? But they know how to use them. I mean, some people got just know how one screwdriver, one size fits all. Amen? <laughs> and, and I mean, some people can build a house with all their screwdrivers. I mean, they got... And same thing with faith. Some people are just going to trust God. Well, it's good to trust God, but how do I express that trust? And how do I apply that trust? And how do I use that trust? We're going to find some different aspects of faith. That at different times and different battles, the Holy Spirit might lead you and remind you. He might remind you of the silence of faith, the obedience of faith, the patience of faith, the shout of faith. Let's study together. I want to break down our heading to three main thoughts. Number one, the promise concerning Jericho, the plan concerning Jericho, and then finally, the principles concerning Jericho. We begin with the promise concerning Jericho. It's it's, it's amazing. This whole wonderful, encouraging story begins with a promise. Just like our salvation, it began when we heard the promise in the good news. Jesus loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. It began with a promise, amen? And as we study Hebrews 11, we notice that all these wonderful men and women of faith, God spoke to them. God communicated his will and desire to them. And then they believed it and they obeyed it. They responded to God's word. And that brought into their lives God's blessing, God's victory, but most importantly, God's approval. But let's face it. You can have everything in the world, but the most important thing is the approval of heaven. Can you say amen? amen? Hearing, believing, and obeying. Here's our key. So we see in Joshua 6, verse 2, that the Lord speaks to Joshua, and in essence, he says, Joshua, you're going to win. Before anything happens, he goes, verse 2, see, see, I have already given you Jericho. I've already given it into your hand. He said, Joshua, you're going to be victorious in this endeavor. If you'll just believe my promise and you'll obey my plan, you will see my power flow mightily in your life. So before the battle even begins, before the first shot is fired, God assures his people of victory. You know the kind of God we serve, isn't it? I mean, he goes before us. He fights the battle. He's in control of our lives. And he has a promise just for you, just for your situation. I love that. I love that. You know, because we serve the Lord, because we're with Christ, we do not live this life trying to get victory. We live this life from a position 
of victory. Jesus has won the victory. He's defeated the devil. He kicked the end out of the tomb. Amen. Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father with all power and all authority. And if we're with him, listen, we've already won the battle. Amen. We're walking this life, but we've already won the battle. So I stand, you stand from a position of victory, not trying to somehow obtain the victory. And God gives us. Wonderful promises for the various battles and storms and trials that we all face as we're finishing this walk of faith. His words of promise steady and establish our hearts. They direct our steps. They give clear thinking to our minds. They minister grace to our hearts because we know in whom we have believed in. And we know that our God is faithful and our God is able to care for us and to come through for us. We are confident that his promises are true and his power is great and he's able to do what he said he would do. Don't you doubt him. You can doubt the government. You can doubt people. But don't you ever doubt the Almighty. His promises are yes and amen. His word is true forever settled in heaven. You know, Dr. Jeremiah writing about this story makes this beautiful comment. He reminds us Joshua is not the only believer who has been given a promise relating to the conquering of our enemies. God says to every Christian that you are more than a conqueror. Romans 8 and 37, the Bible says, we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. And the context wasn't a prayer meeting. The context, Paul says, listen, in tribulation, in distress, in persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword, whether you're being tried or tested, whether you're going through a storm or a setback, even in those things, God is with you. His promise is for you. And you are more than a conqueror if you belong to Jesus. It's refreshing, uplifting to know that God has a promise for my battle. Somebody, you believe in the wrong promise and you believe in the wrong report. Believe the right one and get a good night's sleep for heaven's sakes. Amen to that. God has a promise for your present situation. God has a promise for your, your current circumstance. God has something to say for you all that you can hear how God loves his people. I want you to know how God greatly loves his people. The living God loves his people. Your heavenly father loves you with an everlasting love. And he gives you his promises to comfort your heart and to calm your soul and to give you assurance it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. His faithfulness is great. His power is mighty. And his love for you is everlasting. Trust in the Lord. Lean on his arms and receive the grace of God for that present battle. He loves his people. He loves you. Oh, how he loves you. And he gives us his word to encourage us in that love and to strengthen us in that love and to assure us of that love. And God has spoken to you and I so many great, precious promises in this book. God has already spoken and declared his good word. He's got a good word for his people. You see, God's promises cover a multitude of topics. It's, here's how I apply this to my life. Find them. Find the one that applies to your life. Then believe and trust God to do what he said he would do. And then let that good promise, let that word impart comfort and strength to your heart. Let it produce a courage and a confidence as you face life. Rest your head upon it. 
Direct your prayers with it. Battle the devil with it. Praise the Lord with it. Take that good promise and use it to bring that into victory. The promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. They're completely trustworthy and dependable. When the enemy challenges your victory, remind him you got a promise. Go ahead and remind him you got a promise, not from the government, not from the Vatican, not from a man, but you've got a promise from God himself. The Thus saith the Lord, it is written, is the strength and confidence of the believer. It is written. That's the believer's comfort, strength, confidence. We stand firm upon the good word that God's spoken into your life. For it's a sure word from a living God and it's forever settled in heaven and God's not about to change his mind. When I go through a Jericho, when I'm facing a storm, God says, let my word speak to your heart. Let my precious promises comfort you and encourage you and direct you. They're yes and amen. You can lean on them. You can battle with them. You can praise me because of them. I got so blessed a few days back Extended member of the family had gone to the doctor and just got a terrible report. I mean, one of those reports that numb you. You know what I mean? One of those reports that you just, you get, you just numbs you to the core. And they, they left the facility. Before they, got out of the park, before they left the parking lot, they just said we took hands and we reminded each other, the Lord's our healer. He'll bring us through. And right there, before they drove out, they just committed it to the Lord. It was beautiful. They drove out, and a week or so later, they finally go from this doctor to the expert, the real expert in that field. And a week later, the report gets changed. The expert says, oh, no. He says, you don't have that. In fact, in this context, that's the, this, what you have is the best news you can get, actually. In the context, and oh, my God. Learning how to take God's promise. Learning how to put their trust in that word. And learning how to look to the Lord to fight their battles and take them on through. You see, friend, faith believes what God says even before faith sees what God has done. We can thank him, Lord, you're going to bring me through this. Lord, you haven't failed me before. You're not going to fail me now. And there's a promise, you got a, there's a promise for your provision. There's a promise for your protection. There's a promise for your peace. There's a promise if you need power or new strength. There's a promise to touch you physically. There's a promise to give you wisdom mentally. There's so many great and precious promises in the Word. We're going to find that promise. Let the Holy Spirit quicken that promise to our hearts. We're going to believe it. We're going to give God praise for it. And we're going to trust it as we go forward. Can you say amen? I thank God for the promise, but now we've got to follow the plan. Just because we receive a promise, a promise from God, it doesn't mean I can negate the plan. Don't ignore God's plan. It's okay to shout and dance, run an aisle when God gives you a good promise. Amen? But you still got to carry out the plan. The plan concerning Jericho. You see that in chapter 6, verses 3 through 5? God gave Joshua a strange plan for defeating the enemy. I mean, God gives, God promises victory, then he gives a pretty curious strategy, doesn't he? I mean, his ways are not our ways, are they, right? His ways are, 
marched around the city in silence one day for six days. On the seventh day, march around seven times. At the end, shout, blow the trumpets. Walking, waiting, and not talking. Boy, some people have a problem with that last one. <laughs> well, seemingly nothing happens, and don't talk. Oh, Lord. We, I mean, that canceled half of us right there. Amen. We, we, we lost the blessing. It was a strange strategy, to be sure. Isn't that right? I mean, where, where's the battering rams, Lord? I mean, where's, where's them giant, you know, what do they call slingshots there? No bazookas? Catapults. Yeah, where's that catapult? How about an angel? I mean, they can do some dumber. I mean, an angel can get the job done. Just one. He said, march and hush and trust God. Whew. I mean, trusting all right. Marching as he's not acting up, but hushing. But, you know, as we study the Word of God, we realize this wasn't the first time that God led his people in a strange or surprising way, was it? I mean, whether it's a 90-year-old barren woman to begin a nation, or it's Gideon's pictures and torches to defeat an overwhelmingly superior army, whether it's David's sling, I mean, he's just a teenager, but it topples the giant. Or how about Moses' rod? It's a shepherd's staff, and it opens up an entire sea that a nation can walk through. I mean, the ways of God are something, aren't they? Just trust them. Just believe them. Don't try to figure them. Just trust and believe. A widow's cruise of oil, and it provides the need, and it pays the debt. God's got some mighty ways to pay your debt. God's got a way to get you out of that debt. God's got a way to help you in your financial situation. Follow his plan and trust his power. Follow his plan. The little boy's loaves and fishes, and a multitude are fed. A donkey jawbone, and thousands of enemies are slain. Foolish things. Strange strategies, unlikely instruments to save the least. Yeah, God had a plan. Tell your neighbor God's got a plan. Hey, there's no sense of freaking out. God's got a plan. Hey, there's no sense in giving in to despair. God's got a plan. There's no sense in running. God's got a plan. May someone's heart be strengthened this morning. May someone's soul receive a fresh calm from the presence of the Lord. God has a plan for your Jericho. God has a plan for your present circumstance. And as you obey the plan, it will release his power and the working of God will flow in your life. Now his plans can be unusual as we just said. Can you say amen to that? Yeah, they can be unusual. They stretch us. They're unusual but they demand faith to obey. Faith to obey. His plans are unusual. They demand faith. They stretch our faith. Let's never forget, as we're talking about plans of God, the strangest strategy, God's ultimate surprise has to be the cross of Calvary. I mean, demons are rejoicing and disciples are fleeing. It did not appear to be the way to redeem lost humanity. It did not appear the way to conquer death, hell, and the grave. 
It seemed to moralize like it was a tragedy, but oh, we thank God this morning. It will forever be our victory and our triumph. What a beautiful thought. Oh, it's foolishness to those that are perishing, but to you and I that are being saved, it's the victory of God. It's the triumph of heaven. It's our joy. It's our peace. It's our salvation. Oh, thank God for the cross. Thank God for the blood. That didn't look like it made sense. It looked like hell had won, but oh, I got news for you. God has ways of doing things that we can't figure out. But God is good and God is faithful and God is powerful. It's time to obey the plan. It's time to work it. It'll work if you work it. Get God's plan. His plans are, can be unusual and his plans can be uncomfortable. Those that refine us. The unusualness of faith stretches us. Because we've got to trust God and believe God when we can't see God and we can't figure God. But plans of faith can also be uncomfortable because there's something in me that has to die if something in me is going to grow. The new Joe, the born-again Joe, is going to grow. Old Joe got to die. I can go, but in order to grow, I got to forgive. Ooh, that's uncomfortable. I can grow, but in order to do, I got to give. I was saving that for something. <laughs> oh, yeah. You see, God had a plan for Jericho. Just like God's got a plan for you. And the promise came with a plan. And only as the plan is carried out will the promise be fulfilled. I'm going to say it again. God has a plan for you. If you're not saved, God has a plan for your salvation. He's got a plan to save you and forgive you and redeem you, make you one of his own. God's got a plan for you if you are saved. He's got a plan for your service. He's got a plan for your spiritual growth. He's got a plan for the present season that you're in and the present battle that you're facing. He's got a plan. And it's a good plan, and it's a faithful plan. He's got a plan for that storm that's trying to take you out. He's getting ready to say, peace, be still. Just keep following that plan. And as we obey his plan, he releases his power. And the working of God begins to do things in our lives that just make us shake our heads sometimes. And again, I know at times, God's plan will stretch us. He's going to say, trust me. Believe me, sometimes that's not always easy. They'll test us, but sometimes it's going to demand some obedience from us that we have not given up before. Again, it might include forgiving or giving. It might mean changing or surrendering. It might mean stepping out and believing. Oh, my, oh, my. But if we'll believe promise, and you and I will obey and follow the plan. We'll release the power of God and the working of God in our situation. Number one, there was a promise concerning Jericho. And as we walk with God, we walk by promises, not explanations. Some are still stuck 20 years ago, but the explanation never came in. It's never going to come. Let it go. Let it, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Let it go. Walk forward into a new day and get a fresh promise from God. 
If you're walking by the word, you're walking by the promises. Amen? We're believing the promises. We're obeying the commands. This is the walk of faith. This is how we grow. This is how we grow. So God, God has a promise, especially when we come to specific battles in life, specific storms. If we walk with God, if we have that devotional life, he'll give us a present promise to stand on. Amen? Hey, there's been times God said, just chill and give it to me. That wouldn't, and sometimes I, I don't, you know, sometimes you don't want to, you know? It takes faith to obey God. But you do it and God comes through. Other times God says, stand up and take on that Goliath. And usually I, I get happy then. But, but, but every now and again you say, oh Lord, can't you just take care of it on your own? I, 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 I don't, I, I don't want to stir up that. That could be a hornet's nest stirring. But I'm saying God leads us different ways. But if we walk with God, it's, it's important to walk with God, isn't it? Because then I can get a present promise from God for the present circumstance and situation that I'm in, for the battle that I'm facing. So God had a promise, but then God has a plan. You know, you can be right, but still be wrong. If you don't do it the way God wants you to do it. You can be right overall, but wrong in the way you're saying it or carrying it out. But God has a plan. Amen? Again, sometimes it's turn that cheek, other times it's speak up and say something. Amen? Sometimes he might just say, pray in the Spirit, and I'll take care of it. Other times he might just say, go out there and offer your services, and I'll do something. God has different plans for different situations. This is why it's called a relationship. Amen? It's not a horoscope. You get up in the paper and find something. You walk with God. You have a relationship with the living God. Amen? God has a promise, and God has a plan. God has a plan. Get God's plan. But lastly, the principles concerning Jericho. Oh my, the principles. I want to touch on four principles we see in this particular story. The different aspects of faith. Different aspects. Number one, the obedience of faith. The obedience of faith. Again, submitting to God's plan and following God's procedure. I, I want the overall, I want the general blessing of God in my life. Well, there's the obedience of faith that says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these. It's very simple, amen? But there's the obedience of faith. I mean, Joshua was a man under orders. I mean, if you study the life of Joshua in the first chapter when he got God's commissioning, God emphasized again and again, courage and obedience, courage and obedience. I'll be with you like I was with Moses, but you've got to be courageous and obedient. You've got to meditate on my word and obey my word, then you'll enjoy good success. And you see that. And again, the encounter Joshua had the night before Jericho goes, he goes to spy out the land in that that fifth chapter, and he meets the angel of the Lord. It's a powerful story. And here Joshua falls down and submits. And again, obedience, obedience. His command was a strange command. And it didn't make sense, and I know he didn't learn that in Wars College. He didn't learn that in general school, he can tell you that. But listen, what God wants, what God demands of every one of us is obedience. The willingness and the ability to follow an order is the key to possessing the land. If God can find an obedient people, there's no limit on what he can do through a life. Just obey me. Obey me, small things. Obey me, obey me. 
obey me. We see this throughout the Bible, though, don't we? For example, we see that Syrian general Naaman. Remember him? And he's dying of an incurable disease. And the prophet says, dip seven times in the Jordan. I mean, it was humiliating. It, it was humbling. It was foolish to say the least, but it brought him a miracle, didn't it? Because it had nothing to do with dipping in a dirty river, but everything to do with obeying the healer. You want to be healed, obey the healer. Can you say amen? Or we can think of Peter and Jesus is casting net on the other side and, and launch out into the deep. And it was contrary to everything Peter had ever known or experienced as a professional fisherman that grew up on that lake. He knew that's not the way you do things naturally. But you know, he said, Lord, if you say so, I'm tired. I don't feel like doing this. It doesn't make a lot of sense, Lord. But because you said it, I'll do it. And his obedience produced a catch so great, almost sunk the boat. And I'll tell you this morning, God still has some net-breaking blessings for those that will obey him. God still has some net-breaking blessings if he can just get people to obey him. That's why, listen, it's so important to obey the instruction of Scripture and to obey the promptings of the Spirit. Those two things. It's very important to obey the instruction of Scripture if you're going to walk in victory, but also obey the promptings of the Holy Spirit. He'll lead you. That Spirit will lead you. The obedience of faith. A key, if we want some walls to fall, if we want that wall to fall, we've got to obey God's plan and believe God's promise. And even though sometimes the plan, it it doesn't make sense or it's going to kind of stretch me or deal with me inside that I'm not crazy about, it will just trust God enough to obey Him. How about feeding those multitudes? Jesus, I can hear the disciples thinking, Lord, He's given the wrong instructions. Don't tell them to sit. Tell them to go. Don't he know we can't feed 5,000 men with a few loaves and a fish? And I can hear Jesus. You know you can't even talk when Jesus is around. Amen. He hears it. I can hear Jesus. Maybe you can't. (laughs) Maybe you can't. But how many know he can? Amen. He can. He can. He can. Oh, friend. I can hear Jesus. Just just do what I tell you and watch the impossible become possible. But his arm is now too short. You know, we started this series months ago. One of the things we said about faith. Faith is confidence in God that leads to obedience to God. Put that together. Faith is confidence in God that leads to obedience to God. Number one, the obedience of faith. Number two, how about the silence of faith? Wow. Silence of faith. We said earlier, this, this shuts out all the noise. In verse 10, how Joshua said, listen, as you march, not a whisper, not a whoopee, not a war cry. This shuts out the noise of the world so we can hear a voice from another world. When you go through something, there are a lot of voices. There are a lot of, amen? Trying to discern and trying to get our frequency in line with God's can be a challenge. In the silence of faith, quieting ourselves and our minds and our mouths. And this helps us to hear God's voice. This keeps us from maybe complaining about the discomfort of the weight or criticizing the instruction. The silence of faith allows me to hear, conserves my strength, and helps me to resist. The silence of faith, quieting my soul before the Lord listening with an ear to hear the voice of the Spirit. It allows me to hear so I can be led. 
Sometimes there's so many voices, we always make those mistakes. Always shooting ourselves in the foot. Spend more time getting back on track than if we just would have paused. Sometimes you can go farther if you wait. Amen? Sometimes if you slow down, you can gain more ground in the long run if you get the mind of God. It allows us here, but it also conserves our strength. What do you mean? Well, listen. Worry and anxiety will exhaust a soul. It'll weary and drain a soul. And if we get into all that, God says, be still and know that I am God. Rest. Quiet your soul. The silence of faith allows me to hear, conserves my strength, and gives me the grace to resist the temptation of the devil trying to bait me in that moment to disqualify myself from the victory. He'll, he'll say, complain. He'll say, give in to your anger. Give in to your frustration. I'm quiet my soul. And rest in the Lord. That readies me to hear and be led by the Spirit of God. Silence of faith. Now the patience of faith. Patience of faith. You know, there was a prominent preacher back in the late 1800s by the name of Philip Brooks, Dr. Brooks. And he was a big guy. I mean, he's big, six, three, four, big, a big guy. And um, he wrote the song, A Little Town of Bethlehem. I mean, on a trip to the Holy Land back in the 1800s. But anyway, he was a prominent preacher, and he was waiting for his driver to come, you know, on a, a bu- buggy back in those days, a carriage, and he was pacing, he was pacing, a big <laughs> And the driver pulls up, he says, what's the problem, Dr. Brooks? And he says, the problem is, I'm in a hurry, but God's not. <laughs> man, have I ever been there. Have you ever been there? Oh, man. The patience of faith. But let's face it, God could walk, knock those walls down in a day. Amen? God didn't need no seven days. God didn't need no psychological warfare. God speaks and it happens. He creates worlds with the word. He could have knocked those walls down. But there were lessons to learn and there was character to develop. And friend, those things are a premium with God. Lessons to learn. Character to develop. Patience of faith not only allows God to work in situations, more importantly, allows God to work in me. I get pruned a little bit, amen? I get polished a little bit, amen? That root goes down deeper a little bit, amen? Yeah, yeah. Patience allows God to work in us and in our situation. So remain steady. Trust his timing. And let God work. What is this? Obedience of faith, silence of faith, patience of faith. One more. The shout of faith. Finally, the shout of faith. Before they saw, God said, shout. Wow. Now listen, don't, don't write this off as being fanatical. Don't write this off as being extreme because I, I'll tell you one thing. You've all been singing about a heaven you ain't never seen. Isn't that right? Shout of faith. Before we see, we shout. Amen? We've been singing about a heaven we've never seen, but we're totally confident we're going to go there. We're going to be there. Amen? Amen. It's the same principle. It's believing before I see, because I know God's word is true and God is faithful. Let's face it. Anybody can shout after the victory. Faith. Faith can see it and shout before. And it reminds me of a story. 
Before they saw God, said, child, reminds me of a story. Years before I was with Brother Shambach, he was preaching. It must have been an auditorium downtown Chicago. And a woman came in bringing her, her blind mother. And he didn't do this all the time, but God used him in different ways as the Spirit led. And it was part of a bigger story, but I'll just give the part that refers to what we're dealing with. It's this mother, the lady brought her blind mother, been blind about 16 years. And Brother Shabbat went to pray for her. He felt in his spirit a prompting, and he said, Mama, I believe God wants to heal you. Will you just do one thing with me? What is it? I'll do anything. As soon as I pray for you, from the moment I pray for you, to the moment your head hits the pillow, I want you to thank God for perfect vision. I just want you to thank God for complete healing. So he laid hands on that old lady, and boom, he got done. He shouted, danced, she bucked, jumped, she did all that. The rest were looking like you all, just staring. Amen. I mean, they're, they're, they're the only two shouting in the whole, you know, thousand people in the auditorium. She's still as blind as blind can be. They come to church that next day, man. They didn't, I mean, they strutted, they jumped. And the daughter tells the story. She said, I woke up the next morning to the smell of bacon, frying, ho, 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 mm, and coffee brewing, and biscuits, bacon. And I looked over at Mama's um, on bed, and it was empty, and it was made. I put my robe on, ran out. There's my mother, my, my previously blind mother making me breakfast. Mama, what happened? She said, I did what the man of God said, and from the time we left, all the way going home through the subways and all, I just thank Jesus for 2020 vision. Thank Jesus that he's my healer. Thank you. And I woke up this morning, and I could see like I haven't seen in over 16 years, and I said, honey, you've been taking care of me. Hallelujah! Yeah! Yeah! Oh my, that's a child of faith before anything, believe in God. And she said, honey, she goes, you've been taking care of me all these years. When I got up and could see, I said, I'm going to make you the best breakfast you've ever had. How many know they didn't have breakfast that morning at church in the kitchen? Amen. Perfect mission. That's a child of faith. God says, can you thank me before the answer comes? Can you thank me before you see anything? And Jesus said, blessed are they that believe and they haven't seen. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, my. Oh, my. Thank you, Lord. 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 By faith, the walls of Jericho fell. Let the walls fall in Jesus' name. Let the walls fall in Jesus' name. Let the walls fall. Let the wall of jealousy fall. Let the wall of oppression fall. Let that wall of denial fall. The promise, the plan, the principles of Jericho. And Jericho's come in different ways, different times. But whatever is hindering your advance, Whatever is holding you back, whatever is attacking your efforts, God has a promise and God has a plan for your victory. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, glory to God. Oh, God's a good God. God's a faithful God. He loves his people. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. 
He's got a promise for you. He's got a plan for you. He wants you to believe the promise and obey the plan. And that will release his power to work into your life. Come to his altar. As we always begin, salvation or rededication. If you're here today and you've never come to Christ, come, come. In a little bit, we're going to open the altar. People are going to be singing and praying. Come down and tell someone to pray with you. You want to get things right with God. You want to give your life to Christ. Maybe you're just here today and you're just, you know you're not where you need to be with the Lord. And it's time to get things in proper order again. Get God in a special place again. And begin to make a fresh commitment to Christ. Well, do that. Do that. Take this opportunity to obey what God is speaking to your heart. Now the rest of us, if you need prayer, we would love to lay hands and pray for you. We would love to believe God to touch you. Whatever your need is to minister to you. If you want to just come and pray, the altars are for us. That's why we got these altars. That's why we take time. So we can just come and seek the Lord. God's house. Maybe you need to come and just ask God to give you the proper promise that you need to stand on for this present situation. He's got an accurate word for your victory. Maybe you need to ask God, Lord, give me the plan. I've just been kind of throwing haymakers, you know what I mean? I need, give me a plan for this situation. Show me what to do. Give me some direction here. I don't want to just expend energy. Amen? I want to be efficient. Show me what to do. Give me your plan. Maybe you're here today facing a Jericho. Why don't you come and bring your Jericho to the Lord? Ask one of the brethren, ask, ask someone, pray with me about this Jericho. And let's just believe God. That his promises are believed and plans are obeyed. Jericho will fall. Can you say amen? amen? Let's stand, let's stand. Hallelujah. Oh, God is a good God. He loves you. He desires your best. He's willing to help you. Want you to believe him. Want you to obey him. We pray, Father... In the name of Jesus, we thank you for the encouragement and the insights from Joshua's victory at Jericho. And now, Heavenly Father, by your Spirit, illuminate to our hearts and minds the promise that we should be standing on, that we should be praying in line with. And, oh God, give us wisdom to receive your plan and the willingness to carry it out. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that in this upcoming week, Jericho's will tumble. Let the walls fall in Jesus' name. Father, give your people mighty victories. Reward them for their faith in you. Let your blessings flow as they believe and obey. And now, Father, at this altar, in the name of Jesus, let the healing anointing flow. Let fresh fillings be dispersed to all who are thirsty and weary and desire a fresh filling. Oh, God, meet with us at this altar. In the name of Jesus, all God's people said, let's worship the Lord. If you need prayer, come.